You are listening to Season 3, Episode 106 of the Warrior's Way Podcast. And as usual, I'm James Eek, and I hope you're doing great. Here's an idea for you. It's kind of a win-win. I show you how to stay in great shape and some of the awesome stuff that I've learned from over four decades of Zen and the martial arts. And you support all the cool stuff we're trying to do here at the Warrior's Way podcast. Sounds like a pretty cool idea to me. If you haven't checked it out yet, the Warrior's Way online training program is now available for you to train with me from wherever you are around the world with the magic of the interwebs. That's pretty amazing stuff, actually. I spent a good part of the last year planning and shooting and editing videos and then sending it off to my web guru in Croatia to make it into a pretty immersive and awesome program. There's still a few things that need to be worked on, but the actual program itself, it is up and running. The way it works is you choose from one of three annual memberships that offer everything from you working on your own, just getting the videos and doing your own thing, to getting a tailor-made one-on-one virtual training with, yeah, you guessed it, me. <laughs> the least expensive option is something like uh, 16 bucks a month, and you get all the videos and all the classes and everything. Not only is the Warriors Way online training program packed with information and knowledge bombs, but I've made it so it's affordable for anyone to get involved. And I know that these days, having the option to do stuff online is probably more important than ever. These are the things that I have done to stay fit, to increase my well-being, my longevity, and simply just how to feel good about life. Whether you're looking for online martial arts classes, looking to get more fit, learning how to meditate, or anything else. I've got so many videos there. You're going to find it on the Warrior's Way online training program. Unless you're looking how to grow watermelons, there are no videos on gardening. (laughs) Although maybe I should. It's martial arts based, zen and fitness. What more can you want? If you're listening to this when it comes out, there's still a few website bells and whistles that are being worked on, you know, like the main page and all that kind of thing. But the bones are ready to go when you are. So head over to warriorsway.life. That's www.warriorsway.life and sign up today. And if you act now, you get a free copy of my latest ebook called Just Breathe. That's a good deal. I just keep giving stuff away for free. What am I doing? (laughs) Anyways, head over, check it out. And if you're interested in signing up, drop me a line. We can talk about it. One more thing before we kick off. I just want to say that if... You're listening to this when it comes out. We are hitting the third wave of this COVID pandemic. And I hope that all of you are taking a view of this as making decisions that are for the greater good. 
Sure, there are things we would all like to do, but ask yourself it is if it's actually best for all those people around you and those people especially that you maybe don't even know. Selfishness, greediness, and all those other things. It only keeps this whole COVID thing going. So let's stop it in, a tr- in its tracks. Let's be honest. If we all work together and be kind to people and did things that are actually best for everyone else, we could beat this COVID thing or at least really flatten the curve, as they say, in this third wave. So be smart, be kind. Set aside yourself and your own needs and think of others. Be a good friend. Just be awesome. All right, enough of that. Let's do this. We operate under a common illusion that the things that make us angry lie outside of ourselves, that they are external to us. Something out there is in opposition to our need for safety and security. It threatens our comfort or position. We feel a need to defend our vulnerable selves. Anger limits us. But if we have the courage to look at our anger and its causes and to learn from it, we can develop an open heart, a heart of genuine compassion. My own journey in dealing with anger has included work with several systems of martial arts. Initially, I studied the martial arts to learn how to defend against the enemy outside myself which I thought was the reason for my anger. After some time, I was drawn to Iaido, the art of drawing and cutting with and sheathing a samurai sword. Loosely translated, the term Iaido means being able to fit into any situation harmoniously. Unlike many other martial arts, Iaido is non-combative, which was key to create a harmonious relationship with myself. I had to confront the enemy within, the enemy that was my own anger. I've often observed that while we each experience anger in our own way, a general sense of anger pervades our society. That is, as a culture, we are angry. Our sense of humor is very sarcastic. A lot of what we find entertaining involves putting someone down. We have slapstick comedy, people running around doing mean, spiteful things that we are supposed to find funny. Whether it's a television show or a new viral internet video, we find humor in words that mock or put others down or insults that allow us to watch from the outside as someone else is subjected to some form of humiliation. We might ask ourselves, what's funny about that? In truth, not much. Laughing at others' misfortune is a kind of expression of our own anger. Have you ever said to someone, you're lazy, or you're a bitch, or you're an insufferable bastard? Of course you have. We've all done that in one way or another. Or maybe we've said, if it weren't for you, I would be better off. Or it's because of you that I am suffering. 
It's as if we believe that putting others down by placing the blame or responsibility for our unhappiness on others, we can make ourselves better or relieve our own feelings of inadequacy. But anger doesn't make us feel better. As Chogram Trungpa Rinpoche said, you cannot really eliminate pain through aggression. The more you kill, the more you strengthen the killer who will create new things to be killed. The aggression grows until finally there is no space. The whole environment has been solidified. The three poisons of anger, greed and delusion, keep us in bondage and control us. They overwhelm our best intentions and cause us to do harm to others. We may even cause the greatest hurt to the people we most care about. We don't want to hurt them or ourselves, but we are driven by our anger. Many times we find that a feeling that arises in us is the outward manifestation of a greater underlying emotion or experience. We might explore this possibility by asking ourselves about where our anger really comes from. What is the other side of anger? Fear. We can't free ourselves until we work through both our anger and our fear. And what is the cause of fear? Ultimately, it is the fear of non-existence death, the fear of losing ourselves and being forgotten. But a fear of death translates into a fear of living, because impermanence is itself a fundamental condition of our lives. In this fear lies the seeds of anger. When anger arises, it's pointing to something. Our anger is a clue to our underlying beliefs about ourselves. How do we break the cycle of anger? We all know anger from experience, but when we are asked to pause and consider, what is this anger? It's not always so easy. Yet when we approach our feelings of anger with awareness and mindfulness, it becomes a productive part of our practice. We find, after all, that anger has something to teach us. Anger is what Thich Nhat Hanh calls habit energy. Like most habits, it takes just one particular event or word or incident to trigger us, as quick as a snap of a finger. Just because we have a Kensho experience and see our true nature and maybe for a second or two experience some sense of bliss, this doesn't mean that we won't return to habit energy five minutes or an hour later. If someone does something that irritates us, Ask yourself the question, who is it that is ticked off? Who is it that is angry? And we'll find that there is no self to get angry or to defend. And yet, there may be something that sets us off again and again as reliable as an alarm clock. Maybe we know what some of these things are. Often other people can tell us what brings out our flashes of anger, even if we are not ourselves aware of them. 
But these habitual flashpoints offer us an opportunity to see ourselves more deeply with a fuller understanding and with greater compassion to look at what incited our angry reaction and to follow the thread within, our, within ourselves. All we need is the space between trigger and reaction to mindfully look within. So where do we find this space to separate ourselves from our anger? Many Buddhist traditions teach that all things are insubstantial. When we see this, we see that the support for anger and hate is eroded and eventually destroyed. This speaks to one of the three marks of existence, impermanence. We have all found ourselves in situations that illustrate the transitory nature of events. Something happens to us that makes us angry. Perhaps we get into an argument at home with our partner at the very start of the day. A couple of hours later, we're at work and we're still thinking about the incident. More time goes by and we continue to stew over it at lunchtime. And by the time we get home, we're still holding on to it. But where is it? Where is the incident? It's like last night's supper. It doesn't exist. Over and over again, I tell students dealing with anger, this practice is about being mindful. While this may sound simple, it's in fact a very, very difficult practice because it goes against a lot of what we hold sacred. Many of us have a particular group of gods that we worship. It's not God, Jesus, or Buddha. We worship pleasure, comfort, and security. Despite knowing that everything is impermanent, we still hold on to objects that will bring us security. We cling to what we believe will spare us from discomfort, and when these things slip out of our grasp, fear and anger arise. Part of mindfulness is looking at our reactions and perceptions if we are all truly one body. Why we are cutting off the relationship with our partner, our co-worker, or our friend. If my hand is in pain, do I cut it off? Of course not. You take care of it. I take some Tylenol. I look more carefully into what, what might be causing the pain. Maybe it's an injury or it could be that I'm developing arthritis and need to think of some therapies. But when it comes to anger, we cut ourselves off because we have an investment in maintaining who we think we are. Anger limits our expression of seeing our whole self. As a divisive force, it prevents us from living a fully rich life of connectedness. Instead of experiencing the one body that pervades everywhere, anger isolates us and reinforces the sense of a separate self, preventing us from identifying with and feeling compassion for others. Mindfulness is cultivated through meditation practice. This is one of the reasons why I like the focused practice period of session or several days of intensive sitting. It's amazing how much stuff surfaces when you do one of these. In my first few years practicing Zen, I thought of myself as a pretty laid-back, easygoing guy. But then during these intensive meditation periods, I couldn't believe the amount of anger and rage that came up. I was ready to kill the teacher, kill the monks, and burn down the monastery. It stood in stark contrast to my ideas of who I thought I was. My anger was exasperated by having the duty 
of scrubbing the toilets with a toothbrush. But all along the way, I continued meditating. At some point, scrubbing the toilet with a toothbrush became a practice of mindfulness for me. When we work with anger in Buddhist practice, we work with it a little differently than you would in psychotherapy. We don't ask you to beat a pillow or open the window and scream. When I was a psychotherapist, I had a Bozo the Clown bop bag in my office, and I could hit it, and it would bounce back, and I would say, just keep pounding it and get it all out. But that's not our approach in Buddhism. In Buddhism, we work to illuminate the fundamental truth of our self-nature. When anger arises, it is pointing to something. Our anger is a clue to our underlying belief about ourselves. It can help to reveal our constructed sense of identity. Our meditation practice is also a place where we can work directly with our experience of anger by becoming the anger. To become the anger does not mean to act it out. It means we stop separating ourselves from it. We experience it fully so that we can understand what's behind it. In sitting zazen, we can encourage the anger to come up. We can become intimate with anger. And in doing so, we watch it dissipate. We have to look deeply into the cause of our suffering. Our anger not only creates suffering for others, but it also creates more suffering for us. We might take a mind-body perspective that what we think affects every cell in our body. Neuroscientists suggest that our neurons are affected by our immediate environment. If we are in a hostile, argumentative, negative environment, then it affects our neural networks and neurochemistry and our nervous system becomes conditioned to react every time we go into that environment. So we could say that that very environment becomes toxic. We've all had the experience of walking into a certain place and feeling at home and going into a different space and becoming very agitated or depressed because the subtle energy or our unconscious relationship with it. We must remember that we create our own anger. No one makes it for us. If we move from a particular event directly to our reaction, we are skipping a crucial awareness a higher perspective on our own reactivity. What is that middle step, that deeper awareness? It is mindfulness about our own beliefs, our attitude, our understanding or lack of understanding about what has really happened. We notice that a given situation reliably provokes our anger, and yet somebody else can be exposed to that very same situation and not react angrily. Why is that? No one can tell us we each have to find the answer ourselves. And to do that, we need to give ourselves the space to reflect mindfully. We're going to keep getting angry. It's life. It's going to come up It has come up in our lives before, and it will come up again. This practice is about becoming more mindful, becoming aware of how we are getting stuck. With care and work, we find ways to get unstuck. 
But we also know that the moment we get unstuck, we're going to get stuck again. That's why it's called a practice. We never arrive. So when you find yourself upset or angry, use the moment as part of your practice, as an opportunity to notice and uproot the seeds of anger and to move into the heart of genuine compassion. So that is from a fantastic article by Jules Shusen Harris, a Zen teacher in the Soto Zen lineage and founder of the Soji Zen Center in Lansdowne, Pennsylvania. I can remember back when I was first starting my formal study in Zen in Vancouver, B.C., in the 1990s, and the Zen master I trained with was asked by someone, I've been meditating for a long time, and I'm still very angry at things. What's up with that? Or something to that effect. And I remember the Zen master laughed at the guy and said, do you really think that meditating is going to somehow make you not human? Being human means you have emotions. What meditation is, is like standing in a room and saying, Okay, this place is a bloody mess and it's time I start to clean it up. And just like when you do this in real life, you clean one thing and realize there's something else that needs to be done. Then you think you're done and drop something and realize that there's dust or dirt and not just dust bunnies, but things that look like they're the size of polar bears hidden under the furniture. And by the time you clean that up, guess what? You have to start cleaning again. And I remember hearing this and thinking something that sounded a lot like, in my head at least, dang, but maybe it was more colorful language. (laughs) Knowing me, it probably was. The Zen master went on to say that what we have to do with our training is to see the emotions, to notice the emotions, Watch them and then let them go. It's not going to stop you from being chuffed. Let's be honest. It isn't going to stop you from wanting to throw punch people. But with time, the training will help us actually see what is going on. To take responsibility for our anger or whatever else it is. And learn, or at least try to... (laughs) do better. And what I've found is with time, you do do better. Sometimes you do a lot better. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. It took me personally a couple of decades to actually learn this lesson, like actually learn it. When I was young, I had a ton of anger from a whole lot of things that I carried through my life like a backpack. To some degree, I still do. I used it at times as a crutch. And I'm sure that people listening do it too. At other times, I used all of that as an excuse. And at other times, I used it as a reason to ignore the backpack itself. And over the past few years, I've really come to see how destructive and ridiculous and stupid
stupid carrying around all of this stupidity of all of our delusion, of all of our anger, fear, or whatever else it is, as a, some kind of a badge of honor. How stupid that is. And what it, that causes. And I've been really working hard on leaving that where it deserves to be. Kick to the curb. Because it has no bearing on the now. And really, the now is all you got, man. We have to take responsibility for our own lives. That's what training teaches us. But more importantly, we have to be willing to cut through the fear and the anger and the greed and the delusion and the selfishness. All of it that all of us carry around so easily. We have to let go of the view of who we believe ourselves to be. We have to clean our room. And then we have to be brave enough to shine a light in all those dark places and see what is really there. We have to let go. We have to be kind. We have to cultivate compassion. And perhaps more importantly than anything else we can do, we have to let go of all that anger and all the rest of the junk. It does nobody any good. So, what if someone has done something to you? You let it go. It's done. Nothing you can do about it unless you have a time machine. And if you do, you should lend it to me because I'd really like to go through time. <laughs> we all need to have to, we, we have to stop believing that we are somehow entitled. We have to stop believing that we individually are more important than everyone else. We have to stop believing that we are right and everyone else is wrong. We have to stop thinking that you know anything or that you are somehow the protector of the universe. All of this is just an inflated ego talking to us. You do realize that, right? If you're listening to this, I hope. Instead... When anger arises, watch it, face it, see it, feel it, but don't act out on it. Don't hold on to it. Don't carry it. Don't create a life around it. Instead, see that anger and all the rest that orbits it and flip it, returning only kindness compassion, and understanding. Think about what the world would be like if more people acted that way. Think about what your own life would be like if that's what you did. Try it out. I bet you that it'll change your life. I know that it has changed mine. Take that as it is. Question of the week comes to us from, now I hope I pronounced this name right, <laughs> comes to us from Ludmilla. What a great name. I hope I got that right, Ludmilla. If not, forgive me. 
The question, though, is a really good one. How can someone encourage adults to stick with martial arts training? This really is a great question. And unfortunately, though, it is not an easy answer. There are so many different people in the world, all on completely different paths. You may think that someone is on the same path as you, because maybe you see them all the time, or you go to the same school or whatever, but they're on a different path. Some people come to the martial arts and honestly are kind of like tourists. They check it out, they do this and they do that, and they spend the rest of their lives just telling people, oh, I used to do the martial arts, oh, I used to train. There are others who love the idea of training, but want to dream up excuses why they don't have the time, or maybe they want to believe they don't have the money, or any number of excuses. They will come up with one, believe me. Then there are the people like myself who have been training in the martial arts for 40 plus years and have black belts in a bunch of different arts and feel like they are the last man or last woman standing because everybody else didn't get to the same place. What I've come to realize is you can't make anyone see what you see. You can't make anyone realize what you know And you can't really truly help anyone. You can try and you should. But people individually need to wake up. People individually need to stop making excuses. People individually need to decide that they're going to help themselves and make their lives amazing. And think about it. There's a lot of people who don't. There's a lot of people who don't care. There's a lot of people who just coast. Zen, martial arts, fitness, yoga, and a whole lot of other things will help get you there. The thing is, though, it isn't easy. And most people don't want to do things that aren't easy. Sitting and meditating for however long is not easy. Training in the martial arts and sticking with it through a pandemic, that's not easy. When I started my military career and was in basic training, we started with something like 60 people. And by the time we were done, we graduated with something like, I think it actually was less than 20. I think maybe it was like 12 people. (laughs) Most people quit. They didn't flunk out. They straight up quit. It was too hard, too tough, too cold, too much, too stressful, too hungry, too whatever. But just like the idea we're talking about with anger, what they don't want to do is to admit that the real problem was themselves. And that's fine. Or at least it's fine for some people. Others, though, want to live a genuine life, to find out what this life is all about, to realize that it isn't about their job or their friends or themselves, that maybe life is something more. But what do you think that more is? What is that more? 
How can you get there? What are you willing to do to get there? Because it's going to take some sacrifices. So there you go. Those are some things to think about. I would just keep encouraging your friends to train. But maybe just accept that sometimes when you are in a sinking ship and you make it to a life raft, all you can do is try to save people. Some, though, you won't reach. Some will swim to another raft. Some will just give up. So be kind. Be a good friend. Be compassionate. But get yourself in that life raft. So there you go. And I think we will end it there. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It, uh, I, when it started, I never really thought that I would get to episode 106. I'm going to be honest. I thought this was something that I was doing for my, a few of my students. And, uh, you know, it would last for a little bit. But uh, here I am, a few years later, still doing it with more hours of me talking about training than I would have ever imagined. And getting responses from people from all around the world. And man, so all I can say is thank you so much for all of you for listening. If this podcast makes a difference in your life, um, wow. I am very humbled when I hear that from people. I love hearing from you, by the way. So, you know, drop me a line. Let me know um, what if you have any ideas of things that you'd like to hear me talk about. Um, if you have anything for that matter. And, of course, if you have any questions, please let me know. Also, if you'd like to take part in the Warrior's Way online training program, drop me a line and let me know. and We can talk about it and find out if it works for you and how it works. Um, other than that, if you love this podcast, don't forget that I have a few books out there that you can pick up for your Kobo, for your Kindle, or you can get a actual one made out of paper on Amazon. Uh, there's the Warrior's Way online training program. That's at www.warriorsway.life. You can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, on both, oh, on Instagram, look for the Eek Academy. I haven't gotten around to setting up a Warrior's Way podcast Instagram page yet, though I keep getting told I should, so maybe that one will happen. Uh, there is a Facebook page for the Warrior's Way podcast, but you can also find the Eek Academy on there too, if you're so inclined. Um, and other than that, just Keep training, work hard, have fun, and be a good friend. At the end of the day, I think that really matters. Take care of yourself.